Well, good morning, uh, everybody. We're so glad you're here. I hope you've enjoyed our time of worship. And as always, I know you've heard it already. We're super glad you join us here at our online service every week. If this is your first time here, thanks for joining us. Uh, this is our week two in a series we're calling Great Expectations. We began this series last week and we shared this quote as kind of the beginning part or maybe kind of an overarching idea about why we're talking about these things in this three-week series. It's a quote from a man named John Bloom who writes for the website desiringgod.org. I'm gonna put it back on our screen for us this morning and read that again because I think it's a good starting place for us just to kind of get our minds moving in the direction that we want to go today as we open God's word. This is what he said. He said, there was ever a holiday to celebrate and worship God in his sovereign control over things not going the way we planned, it's Christmas. You know, that's kind of true, isn't it? As we really think through that, somehow or another, what many people have said is the happiest season of all year sometimes just doesn't seem that way at all. In fact, for a lot of people, it's not happy. It's just the opposite. It's kind of stressful and filled with anxiety. There seems to be things that just kind of overwhelm us at this time of year. And maybe as we think about that and we think about the expectations we have for Christmas this year, those expectations and the stress of it all are maybe just a little bit even higher than normal. Maybe you remember the story of Jesus' birth, and you'll remember that on the night he was born, angels crowded the sky, and they sang this song. They said, glory to God in the highest, and then they added this, and on earth, peace. Such a beautiful song that we remember, such a beautiful scene we remember from the Christmas story, but the truth is, because of stress, because of maybe all these anxieties and expectations we have for Christmas, and maybe because it's not for some of us the happiest season, peace seems a bit elusive in all of that. Many people confess to feeling not just at Christmas, but in general, but especially at Christmas, that there really is kind of an absence of peace. In our world today, it really seems like there is a missing part of this world, and that missing part may, in fact, be peace. There's no doubt that this worldwide pandemic has caused a great deal of stress and problems for people. But then even in our world here in America, in our culture, we've added to that a whole nother level of civil unrest. Lots of reasons for that, racial tensions, government intrusions, and all kinds of inequalities that people are feeling and expressing have led to a division in our nation, in our world, like never before. And because of that, many people are missing peace in their lives. We're more divided, we're more stressed, there seems to be more conflict, we're not sure what the end is or where this is all going, and the result of that really for a lot of people is that this happy season, this joyous time of year, has been filled with a lot of different expectations and hopes that have left people wondering what is to come. So let me ask you a question today. What if, in spite of all of those things, Christmas could be different? Let me ask it like this. What if there was someone who could bring peace to our stress and our anxieties? Maybe even further, maybe I would ask, what if that someone had promised to bring that peace to us? He had already promised it. He already said it would come. Not just peace for the nations. No, peace for unsettled hearts, peace for broken lives, peace for the things that we're not sure there can be peace for or in? What if 
We could change our expectations in spite of our circumstances this year and instead look to this person to bring peace that we need. Now, of course, you probably already guessed we're talking about Jesus. And there's no doubt that as we think about Christmas and we think about that night when he came and the angel song of peace on earth, that this promise of Jesus being the Prince of Peace is something that we know but we don't always experience. Most people, I guess, when they start thinking about peace itself, think that for there to be peace, there has to be an absence of conflict, right? There's no war, so if there's no war, there's peace. If there's one missing, then the, the idea is that the other must exist. But is that true? Is, there, is it really true to say that if there's no war, there's no conflict, then there has to be peace? It's a novel idea. It's maybe, maybe a, 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 an idea that we like, but the truth is, it's not always true. But the, the circumstances of our life often have robbed us from the presence of peace in our life. And the truth is, even if there may not be some looming conflict, or even if we're not in the midst of some stressful situation, for many people, stress still remains and peace is still absent. But why is that? We've been talking about this this week as we've had our communicators meeting thinking about this message and and emerged from that is this truth. And I, I think it's something that maybe we know, but we don't always apply to our life. And that is this, the stress or the absence of peace or the conflict that we're in really is a, a product of our circumstances. Whether those are circumstances inflicted on us or circumstances that we've inflicted on ourselves, that is a product, that stress, that absence of peace is there. So where does peace come from? How do we gain that? And that that truth is also important for us because peace isn't a product of our circumstances. It is a condition of our heart. That means that we need to look at our hearts. We need to examine our hearts. We need to find some ways to think about what our hearts are settled on so that if our hearts aren't right with the things around us or even maybe more importantly right with God, then we're probably going to struggle to have peace in our life. For sure, not true peace. Maybe there's moments where we feel peaceful, but that abiding, genuine, lasting peace seems to be just outside of our grasp. You see, Jesus came to bring us peace. The Old Testament prophets prophesied of that. The angels sang of that. Jesus spoke of that in his ministry. And throughout the New Testament, the writers there tell us over and over again that it is possible to have peace with God. So what I want to do today is take us to a couple of places, but I want to start in one book with two verses that I think might help us gain some understanding about how to trade stress or conflict for a lasting peace. What are some things that maybe are missing in our life? And I really think that if you'll listen and kind of lean into these verses, you might gain some understanding today that will help you struggling with great expectations, struggling with stress, struggling with all the conflict in our world to settle your hearts and your lives on peace. 
So if you have a copy of God's word, we're going to be in the book of Philippians. If you don't, we're fixing to put up on our screen. I just want to read two verses to you from the book of Philippians chapter four, and then take a couple of minutes to kind of unpack that with some thoughts that might help you move in that direction. So let's read this. Philippians four, six and seven says this. Don't worry about anything. Some of you already are checking out. I get it because you're already thinking, I don't know. I worry about everything. But he says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then he says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to make four statements to you real quickly that I just see in this verse that are true in my life and your life if we don't have settled peace. The first thing is this. If we are consumed with worry, it is a sure sign that there's an absence of peace. Number two, if there's a lack of prayer in my life, it is a sure sign that there's an absence of prayer, of peace in my life. Number three, if my heart is ungrateful or I show a, a, an attitude of ingratitude, that, that there, that, that's a sure sign that there's an absence of peace. And the fourth thing that I would say to you very quickly is this, if we don't trust God enough to come to him with our requests, our petitions, that is a sure sign of an absence of peace. And as we read these verses and we think about that, I think a question kind of emerges right away. At least it does in my heart. He says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, bring prayer and petition with gratitude to God. So what kind of prayers or petitions should I be praying to gain this peace? I think that's a legitimate question, right? Because right away, some of you, when you hear that, bring everything to God in prayer and petition with a grateful heart, some of you are already saying stuff like this. Hey, listen, I prayed. I still don't have peace. Or, or some of you are saying, I prayed, and God didn't answer my prayer. And even more of you maybe are saying this. I prayed, nothing really changed. Can I just be transparent enough to tell you today? That's fair. I understand that. I, I, I don't think it would be genuine of me to communicate to you today that, hey, you just keep praying and it doesn't really matter because we feel those things and we've experienced those things. I prayed about something and I don't think God heard that. It didn't answer that. I, 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 I prayed and, and, and asked for this, but nothing really changed. And, and I prayed and thought I could gain peace. And I, I came out of that and nothing really changed. My anxiety stayed, my worry stayed. All of those things just seemed to be settled in me more than anything else. So let me suggest this today, and I, I think this may be important for us. Maybe it's time to figure out if we've really prayed the way we should have prayed, that we prayed the right kinds of prayers. You see, if you're like me and you find yourself in conflict, you find yourself in stress, you find yourself with an absence of peace in some circumstance or situation, one of the first things we want to pray is, God, take that stress away. Take that conflict away and give me peace. Or if it's something we really think we want, we begin to pray, hey, God, give me this. And maybe it wasn't what God wanted us to have. So maybe it's time to pray something different. So I want to suggest to you that if we're going to take to heart these two verses from the book of Philippians, and we're really going to understand that God desires to give us peace, that maybe you should ask in your prayers and petitions something else. Let me suggest a few things to you. Maybe the reason why you don't have peace in your heart right now is because you first need to say, God, 
Is there some unforgiveness in my life that's keeping me from having peace with people around me? And maybe what you would do is begin to pray, not for someone else, but for God to settle in your life that issue of unforgiveness and that he would be able to take that out of, your, out of the way of your thinking and your heart and the absence of peace in your life. Maybe a prayer that you might need to pray today isn't about unforgiveness in your heart, or maybe it's something like this. God, because of circumstances, because of stress, because of conflict, I've allowed bitterness to find a place in my life. And that bitterness has settled deeply into my life and it's taken over and it's controlling so much that I can't find peace because of the bitterness. Or maybe you would pray or need to pray something like this. God, I thought I needed a lot of things. They were really wants. And because you didn't provide the wants that I thought I needed, I've been disillusioned or discouraged or disappointed in you. And so God, I'm asking you to write that by reminding me of what I need, not what I want, so that that discouragement gets out of the way. You see, when we have unforgiveness, when we have bitterness, when we have anything that stands between us and God of a sinful nature, it's going to be difficult for us to really find the peace that he promises us in verses six and seven of Philippians chapter four. We can pray and pray and pray. We can even pray and say, God, give peace. But if we don't deal with the deeper issues, the underlying issues, the blocking issues of our life, we may find ourselves stymied over and over again. And even though we prayed for peace, we may find it just as I said earlier, out of arm's reach, elusive, beyond what we need. See, see, maybe real peace or finding real peace is about us praying and showing God that we are serious about who we are and the conflicts in our life and the stresses that are there, the anxieties that are there that have consumed us and overwhelmed us. And we're ready to say, I really truly want genuine peace and I'm ready to address those things so that those things can be removed and you can settle in guarding my heart and mind. When we stop worrying, start praying. When we fill our minds with gratitude and trust him with everything in our lives, I believe the truth of scripture in verse seven. It is then in those moments, as we settle those things in our heart and pray those things, bring those things to God and begin to express our gratitude that the peace of God, he says, a peace that he goes on to to, to really quantify is a peace that we can't fully understand all the depth of it comes into our life, begins to guard, protect, surround from those enemies like unforgiveness, bitterness, and other things that come in, guarding our hearts and our minds through the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I don't know who all needs to hear that today. I know I need to hear that. I need to be reminded of that over and over and over again because just like we said in the beginning, our world is so divided. It is so filled with conflict. There are so many stresses that that our enemy is pushing the peace that God has for us further away so that he can crowd our hearts and minds. So if we're willing to be honest, if we're willing to just get before God and lay those things out, I believe God is ready to once again restore and establish or give for the very first time a peace to your heart that you've not had in a long time or ever in your life. Well, how does that happen? If he is the peace of God and all those things happen, where where does that peace 
come from. I want to take you to another verse, and I want to read a verse uh, that, again, may be familiar to some, maybe not familiar to others, but a verse that I believe begins to answer the question of where does that kind of peace come from? How do we connect with and bring into our lives this peace of God that moves beyond our understanding but gives us protection for our hearts and minds? So let's look at this verse. It's found in the book of Romans, chapter 5, Verse number one, look look and see what he says here. He says, therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So where does peace come from? Peace comes from a right relationship to God by faith in Christ. Maybe I'll break it down and this is gonna sound really churchy and I'll unpack it in just a few minutes. It is about being born Again, turning away from our sin and repentance and turning to Christ, believing him to be the savior of the world. Because Jesus came, I can share with you today, not my opinion, but the truth that peace is a real possibility for your life. And even as you're listening to this and you're thinking, nah, Jeff, you don't understand. I don't have peace in anything. I don't have peace in my job. I don't have peace in my relationships. I don't have peace in even my relationship to God right now. Everything seems to be turned upside down. I'm telling you that because Jesus came, the truth is real peace is a possibility for your life. Peace that settles in our hearts regardless of our circumstances regardless of our heartbreaks, regardless of the losses that we experience in this world, peace can settle into your heart. A peace that is genuine, and can I add this? A peace that is permanent. Not here today and gone tomorrow, not in this moment, but not in the next. A peace that is in a right relationship with Jesus that settles over our life. And no matter what comes at us or what we're experiencing, We are unshaken in the peace we have through Christ. Peace that weathers storms, weathers heartbreak. Peace that does not leave us. I I love the idea of that because just like you, I experience moments where peace seems to be shaken where I allow the circumstances, the stresses, the conflicts to have a whole lot more weight and bearing in my life than they should. And because of that, I fail to connect with and settle and rest in the peace of God that passes all understanding. So we're talking about Christmas and we're talking about the great expectations of Christmas. Can we just remember this today? That at the heart of much of what we talk about at Christmas and the coming of Jesus is this promise of peace. It's part of all that we celebrate. It's part of why we can celebrate because while our world is falling apart, while our world is steeped in conflict, while we're overwhelmed with stress, in the middle of all that, for the person who is right in Christ, they can stand in the storm at peace. In the Old Testament, There was a prophet, like other prophets, who was given a prophecy from God about this coming Savior, the Messiah, Jesus that we know. 
In his little book, God gives him a prophecy that spoke to the nation in that day and attached to that was a promise that is very familiar to us. His name was Micah. And in the fifth chapter of the book of Micah, God gives him this prophecy saying, hey, Israel, I know what you're going through. And he describes how they're overrun and how they're oppressed and all the problems they were experiencing. But in Micah chapter five, verse two is a very familiar Christmas prophecy for us because it is in that verse where God tells the world, when I send this ruler, this savior, this leader to come, that, that leader, that savior will be born in the town of Bethlehem. We know it, we sing of it, we remember that. We probably heard someone quote Micah chapter five, verse two before. Even if you didn't remember the address, you knew the story because people knew that when this ruler, this king would come, he would be born there in the city of David called Bethlehem. There's another part though, as God continues to unpack who this leader is going to be, that sometimes we have forgotten or maybe didn't even know was there. But as you read down through those opening verses of chapter five, as God gives this prophecy to Micah, in verse number five, he tells this specific truth about this ruler, this specific promise that he made to the world. And that is this, Micah chapter five, verse five, he this ruler, this one born in Bethlehem will be their peace. I love that. Christmas celebrates this promise God made in its fulfillment. The sad truth is that even though this is his promise, he will be their peace. A lot of us rarely are experiencing that reality the absence of peace, as we respond to the world around us, respond to the stresses of the world around us, respond to the conflicts and the divisions in the world around us, may have made us forget that Jesus, the Savior, came to be our peace. In fact, maybe somebody needs to say to yourself right now, breathe it in prayer, breathe it in some sort of word of affirmation to yourself. Just say, Jesus, you are my peace. And maybe you've forgotten that. Maybe you've never even settled your heart there before. He will be their peace. See, when we have peace with God, that's what we talked about in Romans chapter five, verse one, that he, we have peace with God when we're in a right relationship with God in Christ. When we have peace with God, we literally have been given the opportunity, the Bible tells us, to move from an old life into a brand new life. I used the phrase earlier, it's about being born again. Literally meaning being born from above not born into the troubles that we're all born into, but being reborn from above, given something from God to us that the world can't give to us that he settles in our heart. And one of those things that we seldom think about, but is so necessary is that he brings peace to us. He settles that into our life so that all the anxieties, all the stresses, all the conflict we feel with other people, within ourselves, and even towards God are settled once and for all in this new birth. That's what he promises to us. That's what he promised to the nation of Israel and to the world throughout the Old Testament. And that's what Jesus came to fulfill. When we have that relationship, 
We don't have to make peace with the world in a way that settles, I'm just going to accept everything as it is. No, uh, we don't even have to be okay with the things in this world because the things in this world will remain broken and stressful and circumstances are still going to come at us. But we can know with certainty and we can have assurance that we have peace with the God of this universe because of our faith in Christ. And that is a peace that is not hinging on our circumstances, but is settled in the truth of God's word. Our expectations can then line up with his plans because our hearts and minds are being guarded, Paul said in Philippians chapter four, with the peace of God so that when our expectations get out of place or our plans aren't fulfilled, when we find ourselves unsettled by the circumstances of this world, we aren't shaken. We can stand in peace. What we can expect then is simple. It's not complicated at all. The world can stay in chaos. It may get better. It may get worse. It may change in your circumstances or in someone else's circumstances. But we can have peace. Nothing may make sense. Nothing may be what we expected at all as far as this world is concerned, but everything that we can expect from God is settled and we have peace. We know everything will be okay, even if nothing seems okay around us in a moment. Let me kind of bottom line it with what we were calling our takeaway today. And it's going to appear simple, but I hope you grasp this. And I want to give you an opportunity after you let this settle for a second to really think through your peace and the promise of peace in your life. And here's the takeaway. Peace with God doesn't mean everything is okay, but it does mean we are okay with God. Now, we're not just talking about any peace. We're literally talking about genuine peace. Peace with God means that it's a true peace. It's, a, it's, a, it's an assured peace. And so if we have that kind of peace, everything may not be okay, but we can be assured of the fact that if we have that peace and that relationship, that right relationship with God, we have peace and it's okay. So let me ask you a question today. Why is it that you're struggling with the expectations of Christmas, maybe this year, maybe every year? Is it because that peace is just not in its right place? Maybe you, you would call yourself today a follower of Jesus and you would uh, have uh, absolutely assurance of that in your life, but that peace is missing. Maybe it's about reconnecting to your faith. Maybe it's about settling some of those prayers we talked about that are unsettled, unforgiveness, bitterness, or something else that you've just allowed to get between you and God. You didn't intend for it to happen, but it's just happened. And maybe today, as you listen to this, you'll take some time to just get quiet, pray, and settle those things with God through confession, conversation today with him. The incredible thing is he's ready to hear it. He's been waiting for you and he wants to settle those things with you right now because he said when we do, the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But maybe today, the reason you're not settled and peace is missing is because you know you don't have peace with God. See, this idea of a relationship with Jesus, we're not talking about religion. We're not talking about being a churchgoer. We're not talking about being a good person. 
We're talking about a moment in your life and my life where we recognize that we are sinners, that we've done some things that we know are just simply wrong. We don't know how to settle those. We don't know how to override those. We don't know how to, to, to rebalance our life. And we feel the guilt, the weight of those things. Well, the good news is when we talk about being in a right relationship with Jesus is he's extending that to you right now today. He says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord can be rescued, can be saved. And maybe today your first step towards peace is making peace with God. By coming to the conclusion and expressing, confessing from your own heart and life, I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness. And then believing that because you've made that confession that Jesus is exactly who the Bible says he is, that he is this Prince of Peace. He is the peace that you need. He is the Savior of the world because of what he did. He came and lived this perfect, sinless life, dying on a cross, being buried, and then resurrected. And maybe today your confession would include not just your position of sinfulness, but his position of savior. And you're willing to say today, Jesus, I believe you can rescue my life. And then it would end with you calling out to him one more time saying, save me. Come into my life. Come into my heart that is stressful and conflicted and at war with everything and everyone around me and rescue me. You say, how, how does that happen? Well, it's a conversation you have between yourself and God. Right now, there are people who would love to talk to you uh, from our online campus. They're probably dropping a link in right now or, or opening a prayer time for you. And if you need to talk to someone about how to pray that or have someone pray with you through or discuss some of these things because you feel the conflict, the absence of peace, they're ready to do that. I can assure you today that if you're ready to admit that you're a sinner, and believe that Jesus is God's son who came and died on a cross, was buried and rose again. And you're willing to confess right now the need to surrender your life to him. He's ready to step in. And the promise he makes is peace. Peace. That when we are right in him, his peace comes into our life. Peace within ourselves, peace with the world around us, but most importantly, peace with God. Why not take that step today? Find that peace. What a great thought it would be. What a great expectation it would be today that you would find the peace that you've been missing by making peace and finding peace in Jesus. Let's pray together. And then our worship team will come back and have some time of worship and response. And you'll have a chance to interact with some of those folks for those who have need to do that. Pray with me. Father God, we thank you so much for the truth of your word. The truth is, God, we need truth because the world is so conflicted and so overrun with, with lies and de deception of every kind. And we're, we're not sure, Lord, what to believe or how to believe. And yet, Jesus, you said you wanted to come to settle peace in our lives, to guard our lives, our hearts, our minds. Today, Lord, people are listening right now who need that, who are desperate for that today. They're on the verge of seeing everything crumble around them. They're overwhelmed by the conflicts and the stress of their life. 
Jesus, I know right now you're whispering into their hearts and their minds. I have peace for you. Let your voice be the loudest. Let your truth reign. And let today be a new day for anyone who lacks peace by finding genuine peace in you. Thank you, Jesus, for fulfilling your promises, for loving us so completely, and for taking care of us in a broken, desperate world. We find our peace in you today and we love you for all the things you've done, are doing, and will do in the days ahead. And we pray it all in your name, amen.